Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Devin, welcome to the cave. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Always welcome. Are there, are there bats in here? Should we be... Uh... Everything. A little bit of everything. <laughs> Man, you've been busy 2023, huh? I have. I have. It's been a, it's been a wild ride, um, starting with um, Slave Play on Broadway in the fall and lead, going straight into Shrinking and then Chicago Med. So it hasn't stopped. I know. It's amazing. I was uh, like doing some research on you and everything. I'm like, Shrinking might be my new favorite show in 2023 so far. Right? It's amazing. It's so funny. It's so heartwarming. It's so, I mean, like I cry and laugh at the same moment, like almost every minute. It's incredible. And they're so um, kind and uh, like just their kindness just exudes from the show. It's so fun. Right, right. Yeah, I got some uh, good stuff written down for you. We're going to jump into your two latest projects in a few minutes. But I was trying to do a little more research on you. I couldn't find a lot about you. So we're going to have to dig into a little bit more. I saw that you uh, was acting was always there because I saw you were trying to compete for the Olympics at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started skiing when I was very young, maybe like three years old, four years old. I was on like a harness. My dad would like whatever. And I joined a ski team when I was five. Okay. And I, I raced competitively in New York State, um, you know, placing pretty high in the state and then going to the Junior, uh, junior Olympics and sort of like competing at that level in the Northeast. And I always thought that I would be ski racing all the way mm. through high school to college, um, hopefully to the Olympics, you know, because that's really the only place you not like you ski, you know, right. um, there's no ice, you know, skiing shows, I would say. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then um, theater just caught my eye uh, at some point and it in high school, you know, there's that moment where like you're you have two extracurriculars going on and then you get more serious about one and it just you know, outweighed. And then I had to, my dad was my coach for a while. Okay. And so I had to break it to him that I had to quit skiing. <laughs> How did that go? Uh, it, he was very understanding. It was, it was a tough conversation, but he was very understanding and he saw how much I loved acting and, you know, what can you do when your kid right. loves something? Can't stop him. Right. Him. What's his thoughts now, now that he sees you and everything? Uh, well, he, he passed five years oh, ago. No. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. It's actually perfect for this for shrinking and for the show about grief. And I found that when he passed that one of the things that was the most surprising was the amount of joy and laughter that came out of like, you know, the mm. um, the aftermath of that and seeing all that family. So um, it's perfect. But, you know, if he could see me now, I'm sure he'd be very proud. So was theater the first plan or was it always like TV and film eventually that you really wanted to get into that? Uh, yeah, uh, good question. I think it was just acting in general. Okay. And theater was sort of the most accessible in Rochester, New York. You know, we had a, uh, a regional theater there, which I acted a lot in since I was like, you know, in eighth grade. I did a bunch of productions of Christmas Carol every single year um, and Two Gentlemen of Verona. And then like that was sort of like what led me to theater school, right, was acting mm -hmm. and um, all that stuff. And film and TV then became my goal when I moved to New York and then eventually LA because I saw sort of, um, there was there was a lot more freedom in telling stories in those places for me. Yeah. Uh, I felt, I liked the the sort of 
the the way the days worked and how you didn't do the same scene twice. Yeah. Um, obviously, I still go back to theater when I can because it's you know my first you know my first love. But um, yeah, now now the goal is film and television. That's right. I've had other guests on that done both. Uh, I got to put you on the spot. What's the what's easier, theater or TV film, and why? Uh, they are both so different. Right. Um, I would say for me, as someone who trained in theater, when I went back to theater last fall after a, a long break, like I think it was like four years or five years since I'd been on stage, mm -hmm. um, it came back like riding a bike. There's something about it that like my body is used to. Whereas I feel like with film and te television, because the day is always different, the cast is always different, the circumstances are always different. You're always sort of on edge learning something. So uh, I would say theater feels more familiar to me. Do you feel more like, not stress, but more pressure, like you don't want to screw up your lines in theater compared to like TV and film? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, except, you know, in theater, it's like you mess up your lines and like, you know, only the, your your co-stars really like right. it. But whereas if you mess up your lines on a film and television script, there's like a hundred other people watching you. <laughs> so the pressure of that is pretty high. I remember one time I was shooting a show and I, I went up on my lines in the first rehearsal, which, you know, they don't, you, they don't, I was so green and they were like, you don't have to me be memorized in that first rehearsal, but it was such yeah. a high pressure event with the series regulars. And I wanted to really show off and then I went up on my lines and for the rest of that day, I thought I was going to get fired. It turned out I didn't and uh, <laughs> footage came out great, but still you, you sweat in your pits during those times. So you've done theater, you've done the TV and everything. Like, what's uh, Devin's goal? What's a uh, give like a certain role you kind of hope you get your hands on someday, or yeah. another type of goal? You know, I uh, yeah. What is my goal? Uh, I think my goal is to be. You know, I grew up, or I it was six feet under on HBO was very formative to me. Yeah watching that show and I fell in love with that family and those characters and when that show <laughs> was done when it um the the season uh series finale which I think is one of the best series finale of all time I um wept uncontrollably for an hour and a half because I felt like I was losing my family and um I feel that same way about Friday Night Lights there are a couple shows out there where like you really got into like you felt like you were a part of their life yeah. in some way and um, I think I would love to be on a show where that is uh, where that is part of the you know you you grow up with these people where you mm. see them have these formative moments and uh, because it was so formative for me to watch those actors grow and those characters grow I'd like to have that you know ten year you know five to ten years span to grow as a character and tell that person's story. Isn't it amazing how like a TV show could do that to you? I mean, it's, it's very powerful. It's super powerful. I, I, I mean, Lauren Ambrose on that show, Claire, she was a young art student and she was really going through it. You know, she, she was so relatable. And then to see her leave home finally and take mm. this big step, you just feel so um, proud and you feel like you're their best friend. You also feel like you are them. Yeah. Right. It's incredible. Your, your imagination can really do a lot of things. Yeah. You ever watch a show or anything and you're like, the show, you know, the episode ends, you're like, what? You know, you talk about, you think about characters, you're like, I talk to my wife sometimes, like, why did they do that? Why couldn't she or he do this or that? 
<laughs> yeah, because you invest so there, much time with them. Yeah, or you're sitting there like covering your eyes, being like, "Don't do what are you doing? Don't do it." But yes, of course, that makes like great television, right? Because right, right. I mean, I think about that a lot. I think people feel that way a lot about Kai on Chicago Med that he is um, someone who <laughs> does things that they don't want him to do. Right, right. And, uh, you know, every character has their reasons why they act the way they do. Yeah. So let's jump into that because I got some good stuff written down for you. First of all, like, how does it feel to be part of a like the Chicago universe that's been created and you're part of Chicago Med? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a real family out there. Like the minute that you arrive on set, they're so welcoming. The cast is incredibly kind and so good at their job. And the crew is incredibly friendly. They've been there. A lot of them have been there since the beginning. So it's yeah. like really you have all this. Uh, family camaraderie and it's really fun and then to see the way in which those three shows have really you know the Chicago universe to see the fans fall in love with these characters and defend them to the core you know and uh, it's just it's incredible to see how much the fans care about their people mm -hmm. right they I think just as that we were talking about six feet under they've yeah. they they love Dr. Crockett, they love Will Halstead just as much as I loved, you know, Claire back on back in the day. And I, it feels so special to be a part of that journey for them. And yeah. Oh yeah. Like, especially if you go like, on, do you ever go like on the, like those fan groups, like on Facebook with the show or like Reddit, there is people that like, they don't want this show to ever end. No, no, no. Okay. Cause we well, know eventually say... it's going to come. Yeah. <laughs> But, well, I, I guess nothing lasts forever. Right. Oh, so Dick Wolf has done a pretty good job at making things last forever. I would say, um, uh, yeah, you know what? I don't go on those forums, partly because I think I would get my feelings hurt. Um, I learned very on early in theater that I read, I remember I was in a show and I read a review and it completely knocked me off my game for like two weeks mm. and ever since then when i realized that i was so susceptible to people what people thought about me i realized yeah. that i i couldn't participate and i had to just keep telling the story that i was telling and if if something was important someone up above me would tell me and i'm sure the yeah. best one of the best advice is probably given to you is ignore the noise and just keep grinding away yeah well you sort of have to because otherwise then you're changing your character's journey based on yeah. what you think the fans will like and i think that you know that what what makes each actor's performance so special is their unique point of view that they bring to it mm. and whether that's a point of view that is uh beloved or whether that's a point of view that is hated you know i think that all of those ingredients are valuable on each show and the fact that Kai stirs up so much uh, drama on Chicago Med, I think is yeah. fun and part of the fabric of what it means to have heroes too, yeah. you know? That's right. You mentioned journey. How do you describe uh, Dr. Kai's journey? Yeah, so, I mean- So far. He has a real, uh, he really needs to be perfect. He thinks mm. like perfection is something that he strives for and to be at the top of his game and to be the best. And um, I can't get too far into why that is, because I think like, you know, I don't want to um, have any spoilers or get in the way of Andy and Diane, who are doing such a beautiful job at writing the show, yeah. along with all the other writers. But, you know, pe when people have that need for perfection, they um, it, it's motivated from like, you know, a trauma from their childhood, something that makes them need to protect themselves. Yeah. And um, it definitely rubs people the wrong way, which I 
honestly, I didn't expect so much. I didn't realize, I thought people would think he was fun, but no, he, he clearly is, um, that character that everyone loves to hate. And, um, I think because of that, he's always going to run up against, um, uh, challenges with protocols, challenges with, uh, patient care. Like, is he, you know, I think surgeons have a reputation for being a little colder, right? And I think he represents that point of view, yeah. like doesn't quite have the bedside matter. And I think that's a fun storyline to um, to develop because in, in the grand scheme of things, I think that what I love about Chicago Med is that if there's someone out there who's scared about going to the hospital, who's afraid to seek medical care, they maybe watch this show and think, oh, these doctors, they they really are kind, they think the best of me, right? And that to have that experience of having sort of a, maybe a little more of an arrogant doctor will then make that experience in real life a little Mm. more um, easier to swallow, if that makes sense. What do you uh, you think has been like the biggest challenge for you to play this character? Um, You know, I, just like Kai, Devin has a need for perfection. And so I find um, the the surgery stuff, like the the actual medical stuff, I want to know why I'm doing everything and how to do everything well. And with the shooting schedule the way it is and being thrown straight into as if I had gone to medical school mm. and studied these things, I had to do some things right off the bat that I just didn't know how to do. Right. And so on top of like acting and creating a new character, then also having to learn to be a great surgeon was, um, uh, you know, sort of like this, like where you're rubbing your right. belly and tapping your head. And uh, I've gotten better at it, but I still, every episode where I have to do surgery, there's still that moment of like, ooh, can I, can I look like a great surgeon while I'm doing this? I've had other guests on too. They, the one thing about like these type of shows, like they actually bring real life, like doctors, surgeons on set just to help you guys out also, right? Yeah, they do. We have medical consultant. It's actually my favorite part of shooting the show is when we get to like go do the, sh- the scene the day before and sit there and sort of block out what we're doing and ask questions yeah. about why and what we're, you know, like, are we feeling for the appendix? Like what's down here? How's that work? And the the surgeons who come on and help are amazing. They're um, filled with uh, stories and opinions. Um, I remember the first time I showed up, went to a medical rehearsal, that surgeon told me that I was um, <laughs> that I was uh, really arrogant and stepping out of line. Kai, not Devin, but Kai. Right, right. And I was like, oh, there's a hierarchy here, I see. Um, and then, you know, the medical c- consultant who's on set all day is amazing. Her name's Susie, and she's mm. such a help. And anytime you have a question, you can ask her. Yeah. what's been the fan reaction for your character because you mentioned like arrogant everything like so you know you're playing this character the way he's supposed to be like how does that make you feel yeah you know i, I i'm how do i feel about it i hadn't had much interaction with it until um someone i think someone from the cast sort of like sent me a tweet or something that someone had said about me and i was like oh yeah, so I, I don't know that I have that much, I, because I try to stay away away from it, I don't really yeah. interact with it, but I have he- have heard and I can see in my writing that, mm. um, you know, that that could be a plot point coming up that right. he, I, you know, you can clearly see that I'm starting to ruffle a lot of feathers, you know, yeah. and as, you know, so who knows th- what will happen. I think a lot of people want to see a backstory of your character to see why you're like this also. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be revealing. I mean, one of the great things about television, I think, is because of the thing we talked about, about things going 
over many years or many seasons is that you get to see yeah. sort of the complexity of a person. And when you meet them at first, you may hate them. And then you realize actually how um, lovable they are and how they're operating from a place of pain. I feel like the, this season, we're really getting to see that with um, Dr. Archer and the mm -hmm. way that they're developing his character. And it's been so um, wonderful to watch uh, his relationships develop with the other characters and see his origin story. Yeah. The great thing about like the Chicago universe has been that's been created also is like we can see your character on a different show. Also, is there a special show that maybe we'll see you on, or you hoping you can get your hands on? Oh, you mean like play, for, as a doctor or Kai himself? Yeah. Kai is himself. Kai is himself. Oh, I mean, I'm always up for a crossover event. Wouldn't yeah. that be fun? I mean, you know, I I have loved Doctor shows since. Uh, since I was very young, I think that they're really fun. And uh, yeah, I could see Kai in many different situations. You never know, right? You never know. And speaking of now, like I mentioned, uh, we mentioned we talked about uh, shrinking and everything. That's a total different character. You're from one to one to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in fact, I went straight from one to the other. I started off. Um, I was shooting shrinking and uh, shooting my last episode. I flew on a red eye that night to Chicago to start wow. shooting the next day. So it was a real one after the other. Um, and shrinking uh, is such a, a, a bright, uh, funny world. And then to go to Chicago Med, which is very serious about the medicine, right. is an interesting change. Oh, tell us your, can we tell us a little bit about your audition for shrinking? Because I'm kind of interested. Like, did you do like a table read with anybody? Because I had uh, Luke, uh, Luke on and uh, uh -huh. he was amazing. He was telling me how he had to like, do a, like his uh like a table talk with like Jason and even Bill Lawrence like how was your uh, audition yeah a, a a little a little simpler i think um just because i'm uh recurring on the season so okay. uh uh basically when i auditioned i got i knew that michael yuri had been cast as brian okay. it had come out in deadline and um michael and i know each other from new york city um his partner and i and a bunch of other people all played uh, mafia together during the pandemic. So I had okay. sort of had some time to hang out with Michael, but I didn't want to tell him that I had this audition because, you know, like, what is he going to do? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, and also because you want to just like put it out into the ether and earn it on your own and have your own artistry about it. Anyways, mm. so uh, I made a tape for it and um, I just knew exactly who Charlie was from the moment that I read the script. I saw his whole life with uh, Brian, the character that Michael Yuri plays, and I saw their their long term relationship. I saw their game nights. I saw their care for each other, and it was apparent from the script um, that there was a lot of funny and a lot of comedy, but also a lot of heart, and yeah. um, that. Um, they really loved each other. And so when I taped it, I just felt so certain. Like I just knew, I knew where we were. I knew what mm. it looked like. I even knew what coffee maker we were using. So then when we showed up, I, so then I, I um, they watched my tape and I got the offer. And once I got the offer, I told Michael and, and uh, uh, we were so excited to work together. So then the first day that we showed up to set, the coffee maker that I actually imagined was my coffee maker was that. So there's something about that, right? Where I was yeah. like sort of destined to see it and to be there um, on set, which was exciting. 
Is it me or like you know Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein? Like whatever they touch turns into gold or something. It's just like that's it seems like every time they get on a project, it's like it's a hit right away. Yeah, I mean they they are magic. They're they're magic people to just be in the presence of. Mm -hmm. I mean Bill shows up on set and he like sees a scene and it's working, but he has like one note and he'll come in and be like, it's this 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 this, and then like the next second that scene is hilarious and funny and they just they have a real eye for um recognizable human behavior at its yeah. best you know right. and um i think it's because they see the the funny and the pain right which is yeah. just so real life and so relatable actually i've written down here like it seems like they know how to cast the right people for the right roles for their shows yeah yeah i would say it's so. amazing I mean, the cast is impeccable it's perfect i can't imagine other people they're from uh, from you know people harrison ford jason siegel all right. the way down to the very to the co-stars you know have a couple lines there everyone is exactly perfect mm. speaking of harrison ford we're we gonna see you with any uh, any parts with him uh yeah without any, any spoilers, scenes I do, I do have a i do have a few scenes with harrison yeah. and he's he's um he's incredible he's actually one of the kindest people i've ever worked with it's amazing any advice from like jason or like even harrison Ford when you joined the the cast for this you know no and not because they didn't have they don't have it in you know they have uh advice in spades but yeah. uh no because i think they trust that everyone who's there is supposed to be there okay. and do what and offer their expertise and their point of view and on the other side of it I think they're there to be, you know, journeyman actors, people who are mm. part of an ensemble. And so um, it, it really just felt like working with anyone, you know, right. and, and that's the best part is that they, they are so relatable and so um, easy to approach and talk to and joke with. And I yeah. think that's why the show works the way it does because everyone is so um, welcoming and collaborative. Right. And actually, Luke said he was nervous, like the first scene. And then after that, he goes, it felt like I've been working with them for years. Yes. Each, each one of them. Yeah. And 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 I mean, I can say both of them um, uh, made an effort to just come up and welcome me to set and be yeah. really kind about our the work we were doing. And I like I just don't think you get that on every set. You know, that's not the ethos. Sometimes sets are harder. People aren't as welcoming be because of this, that, and the other that you have no control over. And they really made an effort to be super kind. Amazing. So now, uh, any word yet on season two for that? We're four episodes uh, no. in now. It's been nothing yet, huh? No, out of my circle of influence. Right, right. You know? So what's next for you now? Any other, because like I said, 2023 started out pretty big for you. What's next now? You got anything else coming out that you're allowed to tell us about? Yeah, no, I'm just, I keep work. I'm, uh, you'll see me more on Chicago Med coming up. I've got a couple episodes coming out, um, which are really fun. Uh, and uh, other than that, I'm just really enjoying living my life. I had a year and a half basically of uh, being um, pretty locked down because of COVID, having yeah. to test always for work. And so I'm getting to have some time to like go on hikes and see friends and reconnect and yeah. sort of take a little bit of breather before we pick up on anything else that comes That's up. Right. Devin, how can listeners and viewers now find you on social media, keep up with you? At Devin Kawaoka anywhere. That's D-E-V-I-N. K 
K-A-W-A-O-K-A, Kawaoka. And it's phonetic, so don't be scared to try it. Kawaoka. <laughs> there you go. Dev, this was great. Uh, thank you for giving me a few minutes today. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time.